We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LeBron James, a shot in history. NBA championship. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. It's game day. Lakers versus those other guys tonight. That's right. The tenants, the team that nobody wanted that will not leave the Clippers. Can the Lakers finally break that ugly, ugly streak, get the job done, and get the win? Tonight, we've got an injury report to get into. we got to talk about who's available for the game tonight, who is not. Oh, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have some great news there. But we also need to talk a little bit about this game itself. What do the Lakers need to do and get in order to get the win? What are the keys for the for victory? And then we've got some, some chat questions. We'll open up the mailbag and dive into those as well. Joining me is Sean Davis. Sean, hashtag free Max Christie. I don't know if that's going to happen in tonight's game or not, but welcome in. And uh, I can't wait to dive into this because this is this is a big one. This is a big one. I, I I would greatly appreciate it if the Lakers would win this game. Just win. I don't care how. I don't care if it's by one or by 40. I normally have the same sentiment for every Laker game. I really don't care what the the how many points you win by, but especially tonight of all nights. Just win, please been way too long get it done when the when the final buzzer sounds have more points than the clippers that's all we ask that's all we ask for this game tonight um all right let's let's get into the injury update though first and foremost so the lakers released their status report which no surprise in terms of jared vanderbilt jalen hochefino both those guys out we knew that was going to be the case one interesting thing lebron james did not appear on the injury report, I thought when he came up with uh, with ankle tendonitis on the last one uh, prior to the game against the Magic, that he would just stay on the injury report with ankle tendonitis permanently like he did last season. He was on every injury report um, yeah. so that the Lakers could rest him if and, if and when they wanted to. But, uh, but no, didn't appear on this one. And unfortunately, though, Rui Hachimura still on there and listed as doubtful. For tonight's game against the Clippers. We should have an update later on in the afternoon that will probably confirm that he'll be out for this one, but still dealing with that eye contusion. And so it sounds like the Lakers will once again be without Rui Hachimura. So no Rui, no Jared Vanderbilt. That means the Lakers wing depth is going to be tested tonight against the Clippers. How big of a loss specifically is this against this Clippers team to not have Rui Hachimura? It's a pretty big loss still. Even I know he's not going to add much as a perimeter defender, 
But just to throw somebody up there for size, especially if the Clippers try to go to their post-up attack offensively, where I think Rui is physical enough to where he can, you know, try to body up Kawhi or body up Paul George if they did try to, you know, attack in the post, where I don't think they've gotten a ton of post-scoring possessions this season. Uh, Kawhi's still gotten a decent amount. Kawhi Leonard makes up the second uh, highest amount of their post-up attack, where they've actually been really, really good. I think they've been the best post up offense yeah best post offense in the nba second best actually outside of dallas and fifth highest frequency as well so that's gonna be a part of their attack so having ruby as a body to throw on Kawhi and pg just yeah. in the post when they do try to do that stuff in the mid to low post that would have been something that would have been really beneficial for tonight's game but i still feel pretty confident in the lakers ability to get the job done tonight i i sure hope they can get it done again there's an ugly streak going all the way back to the bubble um last time the lakers were able to beat the the clippers uh i we're assuming we don't know for sure but right now we're assuming james harden the newest clipper will not play but you never know he's in la we know that we saw that yesterday he's in la i know he's got to go through that the magic game yeah and so I, I don't know for sure that you know obviously if he plays that changes quite a bit pj tucker as well um he came over in, in that trade that the clippers made so it's hard to know exactly who's going to be out there on the floor for them, but regardless, uh, the Lakers, the defense, they're going to have their hands full. I think it's really important that they're able to slow down at least one of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, and, and by slow down, I mean just force them into an inefficient shooting night, and then you've got to keep the other guys from getting going. You can't have that random, bizarre 30-point Russell Westbrook game or something like that where he happens to suddenly hit threes or, yeah. or whatever. Um, Norman Powell. Another guy who's been a thorn in the side of the Lakers in the past. Can't have like a 25-point performance from him. Lakers defense is going to have to be on point. You're going to have to make sure that you're cleaning up the defensive glass, doing everything you need to do there. And Sean, honestly, look, so far, the advanced stats show it. The eye test shows it. The bigger lineups are flat out better for the Lakers. I'm expecting to see a lot of the LeBron, AD, and Christian Wood trio together on the floor. That has been by far the Lakers' best rotation. And I think it's going to be important to have that size out there against the Clippers tonight. Yeah, we talked a ton about that for the Lakers Nation members on the, uh, the All-Star tier and in our preview for the game. It's why specifically that really, really works. So go check that out if you haven't already. And uh, I think there's a join button in the description on how mm -hmm. to become a, a Lakers Nation member. But that, yes, the, the added size is going to be super, super pivotal in tonight's game. This Clippers team is the eighth best offensive rebounding team in terms of offensive rebounding percentage that is without the magic game because we are recording this with their magic game still going on and the lakers right now they are still currently ninth in terms of offensive rebounding percentage i mean excuse me defensive rebounding percentage talking about our defensive glass their offensive glass where the lakers actually ranked i want to say fourth heading into that magic game and then did take a drop a little bit but the good news is both of these teams kind of well, the Clippers, excuse me, are not a good defensive rebounding team. They're in the bottom five in this category, but the Lakers are not a good offensive rebounding team. They're the third worst offensive rebounding team in the NBA. So seeing it's, it's, it is interesting to me, Trevor, how both teams are having this kind of distinct approach in terms of the offense, uh, not the offense, but the rebounding battle. So it's going to be really, really pivotal tonight to see like who can control the, the boards, and I think the Lakers have the best shot doing that if they are running these lineups where 
Jackson Hayes, Christian Will, LeBron, AD, they're on the floor together. Not literally those four on the floor at the same time, but like pairings or trios even, specifically Braun, Christian Wood, AD uh, on the floor at the same time. We've seen in recent games um, a, a couple of times where uh, against the Kings and against the Magic where Anthony Davis crashed the Lakers offensive glass, went for an offensive rebound um, that he shouldn't have. That oh, he was overly yeah, optimistic, yeah. thinking he was going to get to it, and he doesn't. And him flying in for this offensive rebound in both games sent him going off the court and turned into an instant five-on-four break. It's, it's almost a guaranteed bucket when you've got your smaller lineup on there because not only is it five-on-four, you have no rim protection if you have your smaller lineup out there. It allows you to have that little bit of extra um, rim protection out there if it's Christian Wood on the floor. Not that he's the best rim protector in the league, but he's somebody. He's blocked some shots for the Lakers. And at least if AD gets pulled out of a play, you've got something back there that can contest at the rim. And I think that's going to be important in this game because I think the Clippers are going to try to get as many guys going to the basket as they can. I'm not ready to say four games in, ditch the starting five and move over to Christian Wood starting. I, I'm not ready to go there. I do think, though, you continue to feed minutes to that lineup. Also, part of this, though, is the Lakers guards, with the exception of D'Angelo Russell in this last game, they largely haven't shot well. Austin's had so many yeah. shots rim out. Gabe Vincent was in a horrible shooting slump. So that is a big piece, too, to why the bigger lineups have performed so much better. It's because the two guard lineups have been bad because the guards have, again, D'Angelo Russell, fantastic last game. But other than that, the guards have all had, at best, mediocre performances to most that's being nice. That's being nice. Yeah, I mean, below average performances. So that's a piece to this, too. I think the Lakers' guards are going to have to get going. Not saying they have to go drop 28 like D'Lo did last game, but you need to get you need to get on-par games from Austin, from Gabe Vincent, from D'Lo. I don't think you can have them playing uh, well below where they should be um in this one you've got to get them to be back on track in this game and that's you know long term for the lakers in general you have to get that but for this matchup in particular those guys have got to be able to knock down shots for you and can't get burned on the defensive end i'm not expecting them to be crazy stoppers or you know all world defensive players but just not get beat so much particularly in pick and roll situations with guys like russell westbrook and they're going to get switched on to you know a bones highland and norman powell players like that they're going to have to do a lot better than what we've seen so far. Yeah, and to the point about the guards, mainly focusing on D'Lo, Austin, and Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell is shooting 37.5% on jumpers through the first four games. Austin Reeves is shooting 22.6% on, 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 on jumpers. And Gabe Vincent is shooting 28.6% on pull-up jumpers. The only one out of those three that is, in terms of shot quality, it's like expected points per shot attempt compared to like their shot quality. The only one that is shooting even close to what their expected points per shot attempt should be is D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell's points per expected points per shot attempt based off of his shot quality per synergy is uh, 0.97. That's what he shot at. Literally 0.97 points per shot on D'Lo's jumpers. Austin Reeves is shooting... 0.35. Well, I don't, that's gonna be a weird way to explain. Yeah. He, he's it's shooting it. Bad. 0.58. That that that's his points per shot attempt. But his expected points per shot attempt, based off of his shot quality, is 0.93, which is way better. Gabe Vincent, he's shooting 0.62. His point per uh, his expected or what should be is 0.96. Like 
those two guys, they're getting good shots. And that's why I try to like aggressively shoot down the argument that NBA teams are, they've, you know, figured out Austin Reeves, where he is getting these same shots he got last year, where like he, he missed, I think, a couple of pull up threes out of ball screens with AD, where you could, I guess, argue that the volume wasn't there. He shot, he shot like 80 pull up threes last season, I want to recall. And he made 40% of them. So that's even still enough of a sample size to say he's shooting the same exact shots, literally like the pull up midi where he kind of shot fakes, spins and fades or whatever. I don't, you can count to probably a thousand. Maybe that's a little too much. But like he's taking these same exact shots. He's just in a slump right now. And I think you look at the shot quality data, like I just pointed out, I think that kind of supports that argument. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that tells you that, I don't know if it's going to happen tonight. I hope it does. But that tells you that regression is coming in, in a big way for those guys. At some point, those shots are going to start dropping. Remember, the first 10 games or what, 12 games? The Lakers were, what, 2-10 and 10 to start the season, and they looked like the worst three-point shooting team of all time. We knew they, that was last season. We knew they were not going to be a good three-point shooting team, but we knew they weren't that bad. Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, they're shooting horribly. But they're not this bad. They're not really, this isn't who they really are. Yeah. So those shots, at some point, they're going to start falling. Hopefully, and that starts tonight. Even with Austin last year, you can make an argument. No, I'm not even going to make that argument because Austin last year, while he shot technically kind of insane on jumpers last season, mm -hmm. Austin shot 1.15 points per shot, which is kind of insane. And even if you go back to the year before that, the Frank Vogel year, on jumpers, it was 0.93, which is still like not bad, especially with the version of all threes we're getting right now. So just find a happy medium. I'm not saying be like insanely efficient where you're outperforming your shot your shot quality data by a ton, but let's find a happy medium. Austin's just in a slump right now, guys. I'm not worried about Austin Reeves. I think last night was still probably the best we've seen from Reeves. I think we're on the upward trend now in terms of Austin Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's get into some of our, our fan questions and comments here because I think those will springboard us into a number of different topics that we need to discuss and some of them related to tonight's game against the Clippers. Um, again, most of these are coming from the post game when the Lakers beat the Magic. Uh, KGR, though, I, I wanted to start with this one. The Lakers will do a trade by the trade deadline bet. I'm wondering... And I put this out there on uh, on the YouTube channel uh, yesterday. The Clippers getting James Harden. You look at how close the West is. This could end up being the first shot in a Western Conference arms race. And if that is indeed the case, then I do think the Lakers will not be able to sit on the sidelines for this arms race. I think they have a good team. I think that once the pieces start to click, they're, they've got a, a good shot. But I do think there's some things missing. And one of the things on paper that we were curious about was their perimeter defense. I think that's something that we could see them target prior to the trade deadline. I won't go as far as to say trade player X or anything like that because we're not there yet. We're four games into the season. But if the James Harden trade pushes some other teams to also make moves, we see the Kings make a move. We see I mean, the Nuggets can still make moves. We see the Suns, if they do something else, obviously they've already added some pieces you see some of the other teams in the western conference start to make some moves designed to push them up the standings the lakers may need to respond so again i don't want to get everybody fired up and say oh yeah trade is definitely coming 
But the trade the Clippers made, I think, makes it that much more likely that the other teams that fancy themselves contenders in the West will have to respond at some point. Yeah, I agree. I I think the Lakers will make a trade at the trade deadline, hopefully addressing one of two things, either getting another just high-level shot creator mm-hmm. or getting an, another point-of-attack defender. I think they have to address one of those two things if they're going to make a deal at the deadline. Ideally, somehow one of those two things get solved, uh, and this Lakers team is 42-2 and two at the trade deadline, and we're not talking about any trades, right? But I, I do think the Lakers are going to make a trade to try to address one of those two problems. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Hashtag that's something they're going DeMar DeRozan, maybe we'll yeah, see. I, and that's that's really it, though, right? It's that's the team everybody's keeping an eye on. It's the Chicago Bulls. The Bull, Bulls fans are begging for the Bulls to, <laughs> to blow it up. To blow it up. I mean, look, the rumor is already out there that the 76ers, what they want to do with the draft capital they got from the Clippers is turn that into Zach Levine. Oh, um, please. If, if the Bulls do decide, hey, we're going to go start, start selling um, and, and burn this thing to the ground. Maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a little DeMar DeRozan you could get on in on. Maybe our old friend Alex Caruso. Again, this is this is complete speculation. Why not both? That fixes both of your problems, in my opinion, by the way. It does. But you have to look at who you have to trade in order to get those guys. What you have to give up in order to get that. that that's going to be a big factor. And again, folks, we're talking about months from now. We're talking about end of January. You can't even trade these contracts until December 15th. Yes. The Lakers don't have tradable contracts until December 15th. The trade deadline is February 8th. So we're not talking about anything happening tomorrow. But something that we should keep an eye on. I believe. I believe. Uh, Gandhi said, what happens to Vanda when he comes back? Plays basketball. Um. I'm assuming he means what happens with him in the rotation. You know, Darvin Ham hinted that he was going to start. Um, that was, what, a couple weeks ago now? So it wouldn't shock me if at some point Jared Vanderbilt does move into that starting lineup. But I've really been looking at it thinking the the Cam Reddish role, at the very least, Vando takes that over. Yeah. Cam Reddish coming in and playing as a as a wing defender for the Lakers. At the very least, Vando takes those minutes plus. I think there's plus some other minutes that he will absorb. Um, it's going to take him a little bit to get ramped up and everything, but hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes well with uh, with his reevaluation, which is a week from Friday, I believe. And then, um, and then you can be off and running from there. But I, I think that he is going to, at the very least, take all the Cam Reddish minutes, if not take a few minutes more from some of these other guys because they could really use his wing defense right now. Yeah, and we've talked about the Lakers being more of a switch-heavy and hedge-heavy defense. That literally caters to Jared Vanderbilt, who they just made a long-term or at least a couple years long-term investment into money-wise. And this is a way you can kind of keep them on the floor a little bit more because now we're, if we're switching and hedging a lot more, screen navigation is negated. That is not a problem anymore, which is and has been my biggest critique of Vando's defense. Well, if we're switching everything or hedging a lot more, that's not a problem. And if he can hit 35% on corner threes, then Jared Vanderbilt can be a 30 minutes per game guy in the regular season and playoffs, if depending on those two key things. So, yeah, I, I am super, super excited to get Vando back into the system, especially the way the Lakers have been scheming things up on both ends. 
All right, Quentin said, this is the problem with our offense. LeBron should be doing the pick and roll with Christian Wood and not AD. Pick your poison. LeBron ro rolling to the rim or Wood for an open three or AD for the lob from LeBron. LeBron for the drive and AD for the putback. So, I, like, AD is one of the best pick and roll bigs in the entire NBA. Teams sell out to try to, to stop Anthony Davis specifically, right? They go oh, after. I read this question wrong. They go after AD. So, right, I mean, he's saying put Wood in the – put a LeBron Christian Wood pick and roll, that's fine. You can run pick and pop there. I'm not saying don't do that, but I don't think you solely run LeBron Christian Wood pick and roll and then not run the AD pick and roll. LeBron Anthony Davis pick and roll with floor spacing is literally a cheat code. Like, it's, it's awesome. Right, especially LeBron now with lift, where he's been a great finisher at the rim. He's been one of the best finishers at the rim in the entire NBA. I think he's the second best. I'll have to fact check that. But LeBron, Christian Wood, we saw a few possessions against Sacramento to attack their drop coverage where they ran some pick-and-pop action with LeBron and Christian Wood and it led to two Christian Wood threes or one, and then he got Christian Wood on just a driving kick out, I believe. So, yeah, I'm a fan of LeBron. I'm a fan of anybody really running pick and pop game, at least like out of your three mm -hmm. primary to semi-primary facilitators and creators in LeBron, D'Lo. I don't know about Austin right now. Austin's playmaking has been a little bit more shaky. If anything, you want to complain about Austin, complain about the playmaking. But with D'Lo and, and LeBron especially, yeah, hit go pick and pop game with Christian Wood. But I'm not completely negating out Anthony Davis as a pick and roll man where he's literally a top – five pick and roll big in the nba if not number one even i'm just trying not to disrespect anybody but anthony davis is is incredible and you're pairing that with still one of the best passers and playmakers in the nba you're gonna get a great look out of it you're gonna get a great look whether it's an open three or an ad roll into the rim more often than not i should say you're gonna get a great look out of it if you run it properly and it's on the the shooters to knock down shots and that's again something i think will come just the Lakers' percentages aren't there just yet. Uh, G. Dematic said, shout out to AD for not fouling the three-point shooter at the end of the game. Yes, indeed. Yes, we remember that from last season. Painful memories. Uh, Gurman said, starting lineup. Oh, D'Lo, Vando, Braun, AD, Christian Wood will feed families. Run that back. D'Lo. D'Lo, Vando, LeBron, AD, Christian Wood. I'm not doing that as a starting five. No. You're not... Like, you can switch everything pretty much. Sure. But that's a lot of duplication. That's also not a lot. It's asking that's LeBron no to shooting. create a lot. And, and it's not a lot of shooting. Uh, this one said, if the Lakers... Oh, we... we Somebody asked the question during the show when, when this question came in. Are the Lakers going to do a tribute video for Russell Westbrook? Um, <laughs> if the Lakers do a tribute for, for Russell Westbrook, it would be all turnovers. Oh, <laughs> well... That's what he said. Jeez. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Now, I the Lakers already played Russ. Now, I guess it could have been a Clippers home game when they did. I think it was a Clipper home game. That's possible. But so are the Lakers going to do a tribute for Russell Westbrook? I, I can't imagine. I mean, they did one for Frank Vogel, but Frank Vogel won a championship. There's a big difference there. I can't imagine them doing a tribute for Russell Westbrook. And I, and I don't hate Russell Westbrook or anything like that at, at all. I think it was a bad situation for, for everybody involved, but I just don't see them them doing it i can't imagine it i can't imagine them them doing a tribute for us yeah i agree yeah. no chance yeah besides um it's gonna be uh I, I just hope we don't see the random russell westbrook you know hot shooting game from three or something like that he, the he shot really well tonight even or against okay. the magic he shot oh never mind eight of 16 oh no trevor what Kawhi Leonard shot three of 11. Mm-hmm. He burned out all of his misses in this one. Uh, Mission 24 said, Trev, this Lakers team is going to give me a second ulcer. Jeez. Well, first of all, apologies about the first one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was a stressful game against the Magic. But there was a great clip from playback <laughs> showing us respond, reacting in real time to the end of that game. And showing how stressed we were watching Lakers magic and, and the magic almost tie the game. Um, we put that out on social media. You can find that over on uh, on X on the Lakers Nation um, feed there. But yeah, that it was, you know, that's that's professional sports. That's professional sports. And in the Western Conference, we're going to be in for a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of close games. And the NBA currently in general. Man. Man, imagine how Suns fans feel right now after losing to the Spurs last night when Kevin Durant turns the ball over, gets it taken out of his hands. Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Tough time. At least the Lakers won. You can say that. Soy Saucy said, Harden, Austin Reeves, LeBron, Davis, Wood, starting five. Bench, Rui Hayes. The bench is Rui Hayes, Gabe, Max, Reddish, Vando. What do you think? He says, Harden. Well, we know... This obviously must have come in right before the James right Harden before. trade actually went down. The Lakers were never going to trade for James Harden. I guess I can address that real quick because I've been asked this enough. I've mentioned it a few times on our show already, so I'm not going to go in depth. The Lakers did not have the ability to trade for James Harden because, as Sean mentioned, they did not have tradable contracts. So it was never going to, to happen. After December 15th, we could have discussed the possibility. It was not going to happen, though. Uh, Jake Castillo. Lakers need to have a better start in each game because having to come back every time has been a wear and tear uh, on the players. 
Agreed, they did have a better start against Orlando. Hopefully that continues tonight against the Clippers. But up into the first three games, the Lakers trailed by an average of 13 points coming out of the first. Got to put a stop to that, of course. They won the first quarter even, I think, against the Magic. So yeah, they, they completely did. broke they the trend. Well, it was the second quarter that killed them against the Magic, I thought. Mm-hmm. Or was it the you're, third? You're right. Uh, I think it was a little bit. Of, I think it was the second. Yeah, because they were down. Um, they were. Yeah, they, they were, lost by nine in the second. They gave up 34 points in the second quarter. They were down at halftime after leading at the um, after one. Uh, Soy Saucy yeah. Wood and Davis need more minutes together. Agree to all the minutes you can handle right now. Trade D'Lo and Prince and Max for Harden. Love the show. Again, Jeez. obviously came in right before the James Harden trade. Face reality. Austin Reeves is orange cones during a license test. Opposing guards. Why is drive in quotes? Cones is in quotes. And then drive right past him. Is he saying they're not actually <laughs> driving? Like they're just, they're walking past him? Is that he's he trying to make it even more uh, insulting to Austin? Uh, I took this as a driving test joke. Yeah. Because, and that's why I put it at in, in your quotes. He's, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But uh, look, Austin, Austin's gotten a little turned around defensively a few times in the, in the first four games. D'Lo made a comment after the game. He, just, he said something to the effect of when Austin gets his legs under him, when Austin gets his legs back, something like that. And that sparked some people saying, well, maybe he is a little tired from playing with, with Team USA. I, I don't know. Or maybe D'Lo just means he needs to get, get into a rhythm. I think one of the things we need to keep in mind, too, is the Lakers held Austin out of a lot of stuff. Like, he didn't get to participate in LeBron's minicamp. He didn't get to do a whole lot in training camp either. So maybe that's something. We didn't see him much in preseason. Maybe it's just going to take him some time to, as Delo says, get his legs going. But hopefully it happens sooner rather than later because, man, Lakers fans have not been happy with him over the, the first stretch here of the season. I don't think he's a positive defender, but I just refuse to believe he's this bad of a defender. And I think he's struggled his screen navigation a lot more because, like you said, he just does have his legs under him right now. Yeah. Yeah. We saw him chase around Steph for an entire series, or at least for the first yeah. half of it. Like he'll be fine. Yeah, Drew Potter said, "I think AR's struggles uh, somewhat are a matter of him being scouted and defended more intently this season. He earned the attention. Is that it? Teams are now prepared for Austin Reeves, whereas last season they were not. Uh, again, I, I think I forget we talked about this on the preview for Laker Nation members. Again, you guys can hit the join button in the description." Or no, it was on it was on this show on this episode. So yeah, no, I like I said earlier, I they're starting to blend together now, Trevor. Um, no, I really just think, man, that Austin's just missing shots because I just don't think from the film and the data kind of again backs it up. Teams aren't forcing Austin to take stuff that's like uncomfortable for him. I think I think Austin can, and we saw it last season. I think Austin can finish at all three levels. Last season, he was a great three-point shooter. The mid-range game was on point, and he was a really, really good finisher last season. I think all those things are still true, and he is just missing shots right now. And that sometimes happens, and it sucks when it happens, especially to players that you just paid. So now you have to face allegations about you not caring about basketball anymore because you got paid, um, which I find hilarious. But... um, yeah, I, I I truly think Austin's gonna have a game. Hopefully it's tonight, but if not, it's definitely soon. 
where we're like, that's Austin Reeves. Maybe uh, hopefully on both ends, because again, man, he's shooting the same the same shots. The playmaking yeah. hasn't been great, so maybe they're keying in on like forcing him to be a little bit more of a playmaker, or maybe there's some confusion. Who knows, right? So criticize the playmaking because I think that's fair. The shot making and stuff like that, no, because I think he's taking the same stuff. Uh, this comment said, hey, Trev, I'm coming to L.A. from Australia on February 24th to March 5th to watch my Lakers and hopefully LeBron live. If you're planning on doing LM, LM live show, please keep those dates in mind. We'd love to attend. OK, well, well, we'll take a look. I know at some point we're looking at doing some live shows and do some things in person and some watch parties and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll keep those in mind. Uh, Armin said thoughts on a big starting lineup. D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, Vando, A.D., that's so so the lineup we had all last season yeah that's that's not that's that's the normal starting lineup that we saw uh then gabe Rui, prince wood off the bench makes the most sense to me i think the bigger lineup would be like delo or reeves out on that and then torian and then torian in at the two um or instead of vando it would be christian wood who's wood is a little bit bigger than than vando um but Fourth and fifth finishers in flux, he says. I I really think until Vando comes back, I, I don't think the Lakers are going to tinker with the starting lineup much because Darvin's not going to want to switch things around. I think he's just going to feed minutes where he sees fit. And right now, it's the big lineup that that makes the most sense. And your best lineup doesn't have to be your starting lineup. I think that's something that we need to remember. But that should be the lineup that gets the most minutes. And right now, the trio of it doesn't even almost doesn't even matter the guards. Um, LeBron, AD, Christian Wood, that trio is your best grouping so far. And the Lakers need to keep going to it until something changes. Yeah, I agree. I could be surfing, said Ham, giving Christie the Del Harris slash Kobe treatment. Sean, man. Play the man. After Darwin, I mean, Max is not, it's not like he's an all-star. It's not like you've got this superstar sitting on your bench that, oh my God, why don't you just play this guy? He's going to average 30 a night. No. But when you're down to essentially an eight-man rotation because Cam Reddish only played five minutes against Orlando. So you're essentially in an eight-man rotation at that point because Rui's hurt, Vando's hurt. You're not going to play Max Lewis. JHS is hurt. And you're on the second night of a back-to-back. So that's your scenario. You're really playing eight guys. It's the second night of a back-to-back. In October. LeBron is 38 years old. And Max Christie still can't get into the game? I've got no... I have no hope that he's actually going to play. Until I see him get onto the floor, if that's the scenario and he still can't get in, He's what what hope do you have to see him actually be put in? Yeah, all hope went out the door for me personally, and that's why it is free Max Christie. I don't know, maybe throw him in the DeMar DeRozan trade at this point. Like, as much as I love Max, yeah, you, I, I do it. If you're not gonna play him, hell, throw him in a deal, try to yeah. like, use him as bait. No, not bait, but say, hey, look, here we have a guy that was a projected first round draft pick if he stayed in college, we just didn't play him because we viewed cam rush as a three and d shooter never mind don't say that because then the other team will laugh at your face and hang up but 
I don't know, man. Just just play the guy. And if he sucks, he sucks. And then he can have valid reasoning to say to for to not play him instead of making up stuff, like I said, like saying Cam Reddish is a good three-point shooter, which is ridiculous. Uh, this comment said all of our guards outside of D'Lo has been have been a huge disappointment up till now. Yeah, ready or not, it couldn't hurt to give Max a few minutes. John Drake said, "I would like to see Austin Reeves come off the bench. You know, eventually that that could be a, a fix to your lineup, or could be a, a a path that you go down, especially if you want to go bigger. But we also have to remember that we now have a four game sample size of Austin struggling, and the Austin and D'Lo." pairing not necessarily performing great and i can say also the austin and gabe or even delo and gabe pairing hasn't worked great again delo was great against the magic but over the course of four games all the guard pairings have not been good um but we also have a much larger sample size last season of austin and delo working pretty well together so i don't think you abandon ship just yet on on this backcourt and I know we're very reactionary and everything has to be be changed immediately. I think the Lakers will give it at least 10 games before they make that kind of shift. And you've got to get Vando back and healthy before you're going to change your starting five. I think that's the earliest you change the starting five is when Vando gets back. I don't think they make a, a drastic change that says moving one guard to the bench or just like completely altering your starting five until Vando gets back healthy. I think that's the earliest you do it. Yeah, because I think that's who it would be for. Honestly, you're subbing in Vando, I think, because I think that I honestly wouldn't mind that a while. But you go D'Lo, Torian, LeBron, Vando, AD. Yeah, I'm a fan of that personally. All right. Um, Mikhail said, slow start to these few games. I feel team chemistry is building up. Improve the three defense and Ham's rotation will be, be OK. Yeah, the three point shooting has been subpar so far but i don't think that's going to continue i I don't think that's going to be something that just persists forever. i'm not saying they're going to be a great three-point shooting team but right now the lakers um are shooting well their opponents are shooting 36 percent from three would like to see their three-point defense improve a little bit the lakers are shooting 29 percent from three i don't believe that they're a 29 percent three-point shooting team ultimately they are uh third worst in the nba right now in three-point percentage. I don't expect them to be like a insanely efficient, just sniper team, but they're not that bad either. I do expect regression to come in a positive way for the Lakers behind the arc. Yeah. I think this is a middle of the pack to at best, like 12th best three-point shooting team, but they're not middle of the pack, like 18 to 12, anywhere between there. I just don't think this is the bad three-point shooting team. Austin, D'Lo, Torian, Christian Wood, Rui are all legitimate positive three-point shooters. Gabe has potential to, or Gabe is a below average three-point shooter statistically, but that's even, what, 34%? Bronte is statistically below average three-point shooter for the most part, but again, that's, what, 34-35%? Like, this, I just refuse to believe that this team is a bad three-point shooter. Like, a bad bottom five to ten even three-point shooting team, I refuse to believe that. And a lot of it comes from, you know, Austin was a 40% three-point shooter last season. He's got to get back into form there. And so many of his shots, they they look in they and they're just out. rimming out. It's just, yeah. yeah. Isaac said, hey, Daddy Trev. I was, 
that was very very curious if you're, you're gonna wondering if that. i was gonna read that <laughs> if you're gonna <laughs> read it <laughs> that's, that's a little I'm, I'm i'm a little concerned about that uh do you think austin's troubles are a fluke or is it starting to be consistent the sample size is starting to get bigger it is starting to get bigger four games though it's it's not an we've got a much bigger sample size of him being an excellent shooter so i'm not going to assume that this just is what he is but i do agree that it, if this persists for four more games then yeah i mean that every game that this slump or whatever it is continues the more real it becomes and that's that's just the way this works yeah uh jeremy said the endless arms lineup is real yep lebron christian wood anthony davis endless arms uh maddie james had a comment on on james harden obviously he's not uh coming to the lakers so won't worry about that. Uh, Meech said D'Lo won us that game. Yeah, D'Lo was great uh, against the Magic. Hopefully he's great again tonight against the Clippers. Isaiah said Wood should start. He's definitely proven himself. So, you know, that's part of it too, though. When we talk about the starting debate is we see the starting lineup as one that's based on merit. Whoever your five best players are, those are the players who deserve to start. That's the way we view things. And that's not necessarily the way it works. It usually is. Typically, it winds up being your five best players are your five stars, but not always in the NBA. And so just because a guy's performing well off the bench doesn't mean that player should automatically be promoted, you know, as it were, to the to the starting lineup. Because the starting lineup, as much as we look at it that way, that's actually incorrect. It is not a merit-based thing. The most important thing is what gets the team the win. And setting up your rotation the way that gets you wins is the most important thing, not the top five players are starting. Now, of course, starting matters to players. It matters to you know, beyond egos. It matters to their earnings and all that kind of stuff. But it's not an automatic that if a player is playing well, that means they should get promoted to the starting five. Yeah. Christian Wood's been really, really good, but I think there's a couple of different pathways we got to see this Lakers team go before I personally move forward with saying that Christian would just start, but he's been really, really good. And he's definitely earned the beat. He, he did earn the 27 minutes or whatever he got against the Orlando magic. I want to say 27. 100%. Nothing against Christian. Wood. he's been, he's been fantastic. Um, super dope. Hip hop said clutch buckets, LeBron and D'Lo clutch block. LeBron Wood needs 25 plus minutes. Most games right now. Yeah. Uh, Lonnie Walker, 17-3-3 on 67% true shooting so far. Minimum. Uh, or saying give Lonnie Walker on the minimum or 4 or $11 million per year for Gabe Vincent. Yeah, so far Lonnie's been better than Gabe. Look, Gabe's had a bad start. There's no question. Um, I don't know. Like A lot of people are already out on Gabe. He's been in a shooting slump to start the season. He's what one for twelve, I think. One for yeah, thirteen. He finally hit a three from, from three. He finally hit one, and he still finished one for three in that game. But again, I don't think we can look at that and say that's simply who he is. Maybe you can still make an argument for for keeping Lonnie Walker over going for Gabe Bits. Did Lonnie want to stay? I don't know. That's you know that's something to consider too. Guys have to choose where they're going to sign. I don't think it was you know the choice was sitting on the table for the Lakers and they went nah. No, thanks, Lonnie. See you later. Go somewhere else. Go to Brooklyn. And Lonnie, you know, walked away with tears in his eyes or something. Maybe that is how it went down. But we don't we don't know. Lonnie may have said, you know what? I like the opportunity in Brooklyn better. So 
piece. Um, I, I think it's just, it's doesn't look great. And Dennis has done pretty well in, in Toronto too, but it's too early to just say, yep, the Lakers screwed up. They shouldn't have gotten Gabe Benson. They should have got this player or that player or whoever. Way too early. We're, I mean, sure, the Lakers play four, but Brooklyn's played three games. Mm-hmm. And Lonnie's actually only played in two games. So these stats are being brought for two games, two Lonnie Walker games. Right. Right. Uh, Oscar said tonight was the night to play Max. I don't think we see yeah. any playing time for him unless an injury occurs. Very frustrating. Yep. Agreed, Oscar. And we talked about that one already. Finish things out for us. Miguel says facts over feelings. Austin Reeves fan, but he needs to be moved to the bench. Insert Rui or Christian Wood. Well, Rui is still hurt, unfortunately. At least we get something of an explanation with Rui's injury for why Darvin didn't play him down the down the stretch against the Kings when it looked like he was finally. Oh wait, there. he said it. He said what? I mean, no, he's Dar- got. Darvin an, explained he, it. No, I'm saying he's got an injury. Oh, like he yeah, got an okay, injury okay. from that game, so we know. Okay, he was he was hurt at least. Um, but Rui's not available. Christian Wood, you could put him in there, but again, I just don't think like Darvin's spoken numerous times about not wanting to change his starting lineup very very much. I just don't think you'd do it at this juncture. Yeah. While admitting that Christian Wood, there's no question, Christian Wood has been your third best player right now. Mm, I still probably go D'Lo. D'Lo had one good game. I think Dio's been a good playmaker. I mean, he's been okay. He's been good, but you can make an argument. Sure, sure, sure. I, I, yeah, you, definitely. But okay, so Christian Wood at worst has been your fourth best player, right? Right. I mean, if we want to get it, go there, so you're real technical. Yeah, but I, I don't think that you need to make the change in the starting lineup. And again, I see a lot of people disagreeing. But again, that goes back to the whole starting lineup based on merit thing. Matty James said, is there a way to take Kobe Bryant mentality and infuse it to every Laker on this team so they rip out hearts from every opponent? This game was ugly. As much as this game was ugly, I do want to, again, give credit to the Orlando Magic because that's honestly how they're going to win, how the Magic are going to try to win games this year. They're going to kind of muck it up Mm -hmm. and make it a scrappy, who's going to dive on loose balls, who's going to be on the defensive glass. Um, who's going to get stops and the Lakers wouldn't matter. They, they got some big stops. They end the game with the stop. Literally they, uh, the magic, I, I forget how it happens, but the magic is able to get a drive to the rim and Anthony Davis being the best defensive player, regardless of what some people say on Twitter for some weird reason and try to make claims that he's not, he's the best defensive player on the planet because defensive player of the year candidates, they get game winning stops and that's what AD did. And yeah, I mean, that that's how that game was. I'm not going to chalk it up to the Lakers. I, I, yeah, the Lakers are fine in terms of their mentality, I think. Ronnie makes the, the point that Austin Reeves is barbecue chicken out there. His plus minus so far, minus 14, minus 11, minus 12, minus 14. Likely best off the bench. I mean, yes, but... Anthony Davis right now in point differential is a minus 20. Um, Torian Prince is a minus 40, and I'm talking about per 100 possessions. So 
the, the, the sample size is just, there's, there's numbers that are going to be skewed, right? If you were on the floor when the opposing team went on a run, if you were on the floor when Jokic got going and you're playing against Denver in game one, well, that's 25% of your, of your games, right? So that's a factor here too. That's not saying Austin has been good, but I can't look at that plus minus and just say, oh, clearly Austin needs to go to the bench again. I'm not, not ready to go. I think you can make an argument, but I'm not ready to go there just yet. Um, but Sean, we've talked about that a bunch. I need to know right now, because we just got a little bit of breaking news here. Did I'm we... not gonna hit the I'm not gonna hit the drop. Um, are you ready to roll your eyes probably more than you ever have? See, I, I'm so mad and and frustrated already and caught a leg cramp that I actually mute myself. Here it is. According to Ty Lu, it's uncertain whether Paul George or Kawhi Leonard will play in the second night of a back-to-back against the Lakers. They played the oh. Magic last night. It's uncertain whether or not they will play. They're playing. Who are you fooling, Ty Lu? This This is like when, unless I'm wrong here, but this is like when NFL teams like you don't have that clear starting quarterback and they they try to make it seem like but there's there's one guy that's a favorite and they try to make it seem like oh no it's a it's a competition i don't know who the starter is going to be right. it could be anybody right thinking that their opponent then has to prepare for two different quarterbacks or something like that that's that's this is gamesmanship here i don't know if Kawhi or paul george are going to play i guess the lakers are just going to have to have to scheme for them not to play you don't scheme for if Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard don't play. You assume they're going to play, and if they don't, Happy well, that's on the Clippers. Yeah, and they have like eight players they can play right now. So yeah, go ahead right? and not and don't play them if you want to. And we'll be seeing a lot of Kobe Brown tomorrow night. And Kobe Brown's my uh, guy, but Kobe Brown starting like hold on. Do you guys, Trevor, are you ready to see Jordan Miller minutes tomorrow night? Playing him playing fifteen minutes if. The Clippers don't play Kawhi or Paul George and James Harden and PJ Tucker still don't play. Or as, ooh. as long as the Lakers win, yes, I am. Better one for you. How about 30 Amir coffee minutes in November? Yeah, come on Let's now. Come Let's on now. I'm, I'm here for it. I am here for it. You're not I'm playing, here for it. Buddy. All right. That's where we'll leave things off for today's show. Again, we do have the game coming up at 7 o'clock Pacific time tonight. We will be live on playback. Come hang out with us. Watch Lakers versus Clippers. Will Kawhi and Paul George play? Yes. Tyloo says, I don't know. You'll just have to wait and see. Come on, Ty. But um, that game's coming up tonight. Come hang out with us over on playback. And then right after the game, Lakers Nation YouTube channel will break everything down. Lakers Nation live with me, followed by the Lakers Nation post-post game show with Sean. We'll get into all the X's and O's from the game. So come join us for those. Again, check out the membership program over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. I think it's pretty cool. The perks that, that we're offering over there. So check that out as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.